0: Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Or wonder no more? Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine.
1: Hello, we're Travis. And Caitlin. The duo behind Fool and Scholar Productions and the creators of Vast Horizon.
2: This is the penultimate episode of season two, and we're excited to get straight to it. If you want to support the show, we have a Patreon which you can find in the show notes. Otherwise, let's jump right into Fast Horizon. In the climate ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geo-engineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Vast Horizon
3: Season 2 Episode 9 The Choices We Make. What's wrong? Come with me. What is that?
4: We don't know yet. Security sent us all texts, told us to get up here. There, down in the lobby, Camilla is trying to contact Carlos right now.
3: It will be fine. Let's just stay calm and wait for Carlos. Business as usual. It will be fine. Stay calm and wait. Calm and wait. Doctor? Wait.
4: Exactly. Are you okay? Doctor, do you know something?
3: No. No, sorry. Just bad memory, Sanji. So... What do we know?
5: Not much. And I don't think it's a good idea to speculate.
3: Yes, of course.
0: Everyone, please listen closely. We need to remove ourselves from these blocks as quickly and safely as possible. Please follow me. We will be leaving through the back doors and moving down towards Marine Street. Please leave any objects here and follow me. Dr. Jiang Antui, please walk with me.
3: What's going on?
0: Carlos says that there was an explosion at the far end of the northern block. It's still an active site, and parts of the building are collapsing. Everyone, stay calm and stay with me.
3: Why did you need to see me?
0: Because of the explosion, they've started to move the protest line. Stay near the security team that you recognize. We don't exactly know who else is in the crowd. Everyone, when we get outside, turn left. Head down to Marine Street. Marine Street. Stay calm, everyone, and walk towards Marine Street. There she is! because of you. Trying to get you. This is an accident and ongoing incident. Please step back and remove yourselves to a safe location and distance.
3: What did they mean? They're trying. Who? What's happening?
0: I really don't know, Doctor.
3: Is it an attack?
0: If it were, they would have sent orders to get us into the shelters, not move us away from the incident. Everyone, keep moving towards Marine Street.
3: Wait, stop. Calm down.
6: Ah. Captain, the detention cells have now reported an audible function in the cells. Audio surveillance is unavailable for cells, including those currently used by the navigation crew. We cannot listen in on the prisoners in Cells 1 and 2 unless you would like to station a guard within the Forward Annex. Official surveillance remains operational. Captain, this has happened
5: before. Audio malfunctions occurred when Dr. Jiang we had a previous meeting with the prisoner from the Bifrost.
4: She can't do anything from inside the cell. She doesn't have access to a tablet, let alone a terminal. What would you like me to tell the security staff? Nothing for now. Don't move someone into the Forward Annex, not yet. But have a team examine her assigned cabin for anything she could have used to disrupt our systems, and quickly. Whatever is doing this is still active. Yes, Captain. Gran, what do you think of this situation? Plainly, I know you have opinions on the doctor.
5: Plainly, sir, I did not think her capable of such a thing. Before I had met her in person, she seemed like a pinchen. You call them a boogeyman.
4: I think you mean a boogeyman, but continue.
5: Boogeyman. Then when I saw her taken in from the Bifrost and brought here upon the Walton, she seemed small, fragile, incapable. Granted, sir, many human seem small to us.
4: But from what we know of her work, of her survival and her actions on the Bifrost Grand, she is very capable. Now I know that,
5: Captain, and in all honesty, I loathe her more for it, given the circumstance. But I still believe she is not doing this alone.
4: I understand. We have to determine a way out of this, with all the lives on the line. What do we have?
5: I've collected the updates from our computer science communications and navigation crews. Hello, Command Crew of the
3: OTV Walton. This announcement is to inform you of the imminent danger to the crew of the Bifrost and subsequently the Walton. 37 hours and 25 minutes now remain before the critical point of improbable survival for the first of the lives of the Bifrost crew. Occupying Auxiliary Vessel 7431. Please prepare your stations and personal effects for the evacuation of the Walton.
4: Do not prepare your stations for evacuation. Continue your duties. Commander Grant, join me in the operations room. Now. Now. How did she do that? What imminent danger?
5: I am not sure, Captain. Video surveillance shows her conversing with the other prisoner.
4: The announcement was most likely a
5: pre-recorded message. She doesn't seem to be reacting as though anything happened.
4: 37 hours! She has us on a damn countdown clock! She can't possibly know the status of individual Bifrost vessels. And we've confirmed there is no evidence of external communications... Tell me everything we know so far. Anything the crews think is worth mentioning.
5: Captain, I do have some updates, but they don't appear to contain a solution to our problems. I didn't ask for technical details, but the gist is they said they didn't have the right data, so they began examining what data was missing. Apparently, the first slight indication that our input to the Walton no longer matched the Walton's output was a split-second sensor report from just minutes after detaching from the Bifrost. It is possible that if the doctor is using some kind of virus or malware, it could have infected our auxiliary ship during docking. Or she could have brought it on board by other means. One guess is it was within her bionic limbs. But at that point, Dr. Jiang Entree was still unconscious. Given a broad analysis of engine outputs, engineering believes we are currently within this range. Navigation has poured over our star charts and believes we are headed... In this general direction, based on this vague location information, we will be out of the range of the last possible contact with free and technocracy space systems within a maximum of four hours, if we are not already. All incoming and outgoing data is still halted. The last successful communication or data transfer was the call with Captain Park at Jiang Antwi's behest.
4: After our conversation with the Exolaki vessel, we logged its location, hours as well.
5: The location we logged cannot be confirmed as accurate.
4: Come in. Per your order, Captain, the prisoner has been removed from the cell and returned to her cabin. That was not my order. A team was to examine her cabin for possible means of disruption, that was all. The security team did that, sir. Quickly, as you requested, we
1: found nothing to indicate any forms of disruption or illegal activity. We removed her tablet as well, but we received an expedited official request for release of the prisoner, Captain. Here it is.
4: How did she make this? She must have help. (sighs) Disregard any order you receive via documents without confirming them with me in person, physically. Yes, sir.
5: It appears that the doctor's announcement was only audible in the command deck. The rest of the Walton was not affected. I believe the message was intended for us as a display of power.
4: Nothing in her files says she knows a single thing about computer programming or how to do any of this. And as you said, she was unconscious when this all began.
5: Just as she could have pre-recorded a message, she could have set up a malware or whatever this is to happen during the rescue.
4: She didn't know we were coming. She was near death when we found her.
5: The command crew is still awaiting your response to the evacuation announcement, Captain.
4: Yes. And the comms crew, what did they say?
5: They asked for two more hours.
4: Fine. If they get nothing by then, we'll need to reassess what we plan to do. Prepare the crew leads for a briefing. Apparently, we have very little time to lose.
5: I don't know what you would like me to do about the doctor in her cabin, Captain.
4: Leave her for now. Sail or cabin. she's still on board my ship. I'll have a better idea of our situation after the briefing. Let's begin.
3: I just want a few more minutes. It's been a long day.
5: Excuse me, there's a visitor at the door. Incoming intercom communication. The captain has ordered your presence on the command deck. If you continue to dismiss us, or you do not intend to let us escort you peacefully, we will be required to force the door open and remove you from the cabin.
3: (sighs) ZZ, open the door. I was not intending to dismiss you, Commander. I was just trying to rest.
5: Come with us, Doctor.
3: Of course.
4: left me in a difficult position, Doctor. Now, my whole command crew wants to know what you meant by imminent danger, and I have to admit, I'm also far more than curious. And my crew leads are currently without actionable advice.
3: So, you're talking about, uh, the announcement I made while I was in the jail cell, Captain.
4: And we're not entirely sure how you did it. But perhaps that's less important now than the limited time we appear to have remaining, which, by my count, is thirty-two hours and two minutes...
3: Until the first calculated critical point, yes.
4: Will we be able to speak with Captain Park again?
3: I do not believe it is required.
4: Required? No, I guess if we are just to give in to your demands, nothing I request would be required. And you have no additions to those demands? Lives and a ship? Or, oh, and please excuse my hopeful tangent, a rescinding of your previous requests and actions in hopes of a more amicable outcome?
3: Doesn't appear as though I will be changing the terms laid out during our previous conversation. But, yes, I do have something I want to add. Sinon. Sun Sinon Onrun, the other survivor from the Bifrost. He was never given a fair trial for his actions on Harnan. I would like you to log an official request of some kind. For his case to be reviewed and for him to stand a full trial when you return to a station or free planet...
4: Yes, I can see how interested you are in bettering one Exelarkey Trenon's life when faced with holding 400,000 other lives at such a distance.
3: I'm trying to save lives, help people, him included. Due to the flood of arrests during the war, Sinon may have not been given the rightful and fully researched trial he deserves, though I agree he is almost certainly guilty of some things. So, will you log the request? I will. Now... Log it into the computer.
4: It won't go through. We have no outgoing data. It might. Captain Everett R. Sarpon of the OTV Walton. The request has been logged, but we have no way of knowing if it is transmitted. Though it does not help his case to have another criminal advocating for his innocence. Any idea on what I should tell the families of the Bifrost when they ask where the embryos went? When the technocracy sends ships out to search the wreckage and they're not there, what will they think? Mourning parents? Hopeful couples?
3: I don't know. I don't know what is worse. I saved them. I thought I was doing the right thing then. Now, I don't know which is a better fate. I don't know what is going to happen.
4: There seems to be a lot you don't know.
3: the critical point of improbable survival for the first of the lives of the Bifrost
4: crew. How are you doing this? Why?
3: I really can't can't answer answer that.
4: We cannot permit her to do
5: this. The Walton is our charge.
4: Commander, we've already discussed this. Dr. Nolira Jiang Antui. we will begin procedures for evacuation, but we cannot until after you return control of the Walton to me.
5: Everything is back, Captain. Everything.
4: Where are we? Hail, Captain Park. Get navigation to print out all possible current location data. Send a message it's out gone. to... gone. Th-
5: she didn't even do anything. It's just gone. She must have help. Sinan Enru, or possibly someone from the sideway 7.
4: There's no evidence of that, either. <sighs> so what? Who's helping you?
3: I can honestly say that no one is helping me. Under 32 hours, Captain. I hope you can evacuate safely.
4: You know, Doctor, the strange thing is I really think you meant that. You are dismissed to your cabin. Please release the Walton controls, and we will begin prepping for evacuation. Once we launch the auxiliary vessels, we will need to open comms with Captain Park to prioritize evacuations.
3: Thank you.
7: We should have never picked you up from that carcass.
3: Arden? Doctor? Doctor? I apologize for yelling earlier, at the cabin.
7: No need. I now know I shouldn't have come to see you.
3: The captain told you, then?
7: He had a meeting. I was present as representative of the Cyroi-7. I no longer believe it is appropriate to meet with you, given your current actions. I admit you've left me feeling disappointed with my own naivety. I thought better of you, but perhaps I was a bit starstruck.
3: The evidence for my guilt does appear overwhelming.
7: I'd not seen before how easy it is to throw a polite mask over the visage of a monster.
3: I have to say, Mr. Barrow, that was the kindest and most oblique way someone has ever insulted me. But why not go further? Perhaps I'm some old earth demon or witch capable of dragging so many down with me. Or perhaps I'm the one dragged down by another. Because there is no way. On this ship or the next, I could do something so terrible all on my own. But no, when I do come to others requesting help, they are blinded by my past or by their own disbelief and dismiss me. Even out of caution and caring, I am left to find my own solutions. So, you will have to excuse me. I have evil deeds to attend to.
7: you believe my
5: course of action is evil, Nalira?
3: Do you care what I think, Allie? If you did, this wouldn't be happening. Good day, Stan.
8: How are you feeling today, Nalira?
3: Better this week. Still a bit sore.
8: Feel free to make yourself as comfortable as possible. Did you want some coffee? I just made a fresh pot. Or I have some manjin Sheehan if you'd prefer.
3: Nothing for me, thank
8: you. We didn't get to talk about it much during the last appointment, so I'd like to speak on the current events at the new lab. The explosion in the nearby construction site, does it continue to bother you?
3: Every time my head hurts or I look in the mirror. It's just a bruise. It'll be fine.
8: Do you only think of it when you remember your injuries? You said it surprised you.
3: It surprised us all. We were at work and suddenly there was such a panic... We had to evacuate. There were protesters outside and they blamed it on me. I expected them. But the actual explosions, everyone was so frightened, thinking it could be an attack. So many of us have lived through them.
8: Did you think it was an attack?
3: For a brief moment before I fell, yes. People screamed it was an attack and my fault and then there was the rush of everyone fleeing the explosions. I learned the truth when I woke up. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured in the explosions. The construction crew had raised the alarm in time, or so the news said, but they didn't know soon enough to tell the nearby blocks. It was all fine, in the end.
8: With so many fresh memories, it's easy to know how they feel. I get worried about the attacks. I grew up with them, same as you. But you see fault in yourself for things outside of your control, and this fault is sometimes worsened by undue blame.
3: Can you blame them for blaming me? Every time they see me, they're reminded of a horrible time, or of a great relief, or of a terrible crime. (laughs) I think they believe all their terrible thoughts and memories would go away if only they could get rid of me.
8: You know that's not true. You're not responsible for how everyone else feels. You can only be responsible for yourself. How they see a situation is controlled by them, not you.
3: I don't think I control. I just catalyze their discontent.
8: Have you tried to take note of positive distractions? What about those recurring meetings you were going to set up with your friend Miriam?
3: Miriam is so busy. I don't want to get in the way of the new life she's building. She's doing well. We only talk when she calls.
8: Has she said you're getting in the way of her new life?
3: No, she would never say that.
8: So why do you think that?
3: Because I disturbed the peace.
8: Not Miriam's.
3: I guess not.
8: What do you think you would need to do to stop yourself from projecting these feelings onto other people? Have you considered that you're projecting your own feelings into the minds of others? Your friends and family have been very supportive. There's no proof of your concern. Can you think of an instance where they've told you in plain words... That they feel the way you think they feel?
3: No, but I don't think it's wrong that I'm wrong in knowing that others despise me. Stan, there are protests. I think that's a rather vocal indicator of hate. But I, I think there are some things I still need to do, or try, to help me feel that way again. Maybe not content, but... Right? That's me. Tell me which company you're from. One Renston Porters and Delivery Doctor. Thank you. Just cautious. I don't know Enlund fan or One Renston well, so I'm not sure how long it will take to get to the address I sent. It's in Gonson.
6: I know Gonson, Doctor. It should only take, uh, 20 technocracy minutes to reach the address. The porter's outside One Renston, but in the right direction. this way to the porter, and I will take your bag. popular geologist with a show my children watched about the formation of planets and volcanoes. You look like you could have been a guest on the show.
3: I haven't been, but it's nice to know children still watch those kinds of shows.
6: I have seen a few tourists coming in for the parade over the past few days, but they usually have a different look to them. You must be here for work. You have the face of someone who's not looking at an upcoming holiday.
3: No, sadly, I'm not here for the parade, but what I am here for is quite personal. I would prefer to ride in silence, I just have a lot to think about.
6: Of course, Dr. Rivers. Dr. Rivers, we are approaching your
3: destination. Thank you. This may only take a few minutes, but I'm not sure. I'd pay you to wait, just in case. If I don't return in 20 minutes, you could leave and bill me for the time. I can do that. Thank you. Hello. I'm looking for Sinsen Untin. I am Sinsen. Sinsen, I... Wait a moment, please. I...
7: You're Dr. Jiang Untui. I was so happy to hear of your rescue
3: from the Vanan Grandson. Please, come in.
7: We have drinks and...
3: I'm here about Benin, your brother.
7: We have not heard from Benin for so long. We were told to assume he's gone.
3: When I was... I will take that drink. Yes. Please, come in. Sit
7: down. Tell me. I will get us drinks.
3: Tell me of Banan. Please. When I was captive on the Ranwon, there were free Trenin Alliance prisoners that were sent to help me and to translate Trenrin.
7: Banan could speak Trenrin. He could speak Trenren, Yungrin, Yinkuon technocracy standard, and... Uh, was learning Italian, too. And Fungon, of course. He loved to learn. He wanted to be a doctor. Not like you, but a medical Trenren doctor.
3: Yes, he said he was a volunteer medic. Benin was one of the ones they sent to help me. I'm sorry to tell you that he died on that ship
7: you spoke with him last of anyone I hope you were kind to him he did not hate you we do not hate you
3: I know he was kind and funny and he said he was happy his family survived the war obviously he gave me a little bit of hope and it went a long way I cannot thank him enough for trying so hard.
7: Our family already thanks you. I am so relieved and happy to hear he seemed unchanged. That he was still so much like I remember him. I will need to tell our parents and my other sibling. We had a death procession for Benon some time ago. Otherwise, I would have invited you to celebrate his life with us
3: let's just have a drink then and you can tell me more about him.
7: He would like that.
1: Vast Horizon Season 2 Episode 9 The Choices We Make Written and created by K.A. Stats Produced with sound design by Travis Vengroff Featuring executive producer Bobby Fatimi Mixing and mastering by Brandon Strader and dialogue editing by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Starring Siobhan Lumpston as Dr. Nolira Eck, Tanya Maloyevich as Allie, Dallas Wheatley as Sinsenuntian, Drew Ackerman as Dr. Stanislav Helstein. David Devereaux as Auden Barrow, Spring Ho and Mimi Chung as Zizi, David Alt as Captain Sarpon, and Lonnie Manella as Commander Gron. This episode featured additional voices by Daniel Munoz, Michael Allen Herman, Vin Ernst, Jonah Knight, Tim Troutman, Tal Muneer, Travis Vengroff, and Dave J. Dixon. The title theme for Vast Horizon, Adrift, was written by Brandon Boone, arranged by Stephen Malin, and sung by the Budapest Scoring Choir. Translations were provided by Sophie Yang. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon. To get access to bonus content, like outtakes and bonus episodes, please support our show on Patreon, or by sharing this show with a friend, or leaving a kind review. This production is copyrighted 2020 by Fool and Scholar Productions, and Vast Horizon is a trademark of Caitlin Statz. Thank you for listening. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice.